I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm willing to work as hard as I can. There is no past, there's no future, there's just this moment right here. If I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like, as a man, not just as, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggle. It's okay, that's part of the deal. It's how I respond to it. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to another episode of the Limitless Athlete Podcast. My name is Tom Foxley. I'm the founder of MindsetRx, a a coaching service for functional athletes. Let's phrase it like that. Who, like, so if you're a CrossFit athlete, if you uh, compete in the other many guises that pretend to be CrossFit, but they're they're really not. This episode is for you, and we're focusing today on a complete guide to the mental side of performance and. Whether you are just starting out in training your mindset or whether you're just starting out in training full stop, whether you are at the top of your game just looking to eke out an extra couple of percent but you find that your mind gets in your way, this episode is intended to give you a complete overview of the system that we use at MindsetRx to coach our athletes so that you can take this away and begin applying things to your training. Like There's a few practical parts in today's um, in today's podcast there's also a really good theoretical understanding to give you this kind of framework. So without further ado, I'm going to go into a deep dive into what we call the RRP method, which is essentially a three-legged stool that you have to balance out if you're ever going to achieve your potential as an athlete and stop your mentality getting in the way of performance and stop that self-doubt, stop the negative uh, thoughts and emotions that disrupt your performance. So let me minimize myself, bring up my notes. And let's get on with today. Um, in in keeping with the, the last episode on authenticity, you'll see I have not shaved today if you're watching the video. I have not done my hair, but here we are. Um, we are here just giving our best today. So today starts off with a story. It starts off with my story, um, not just because I like to talk about myself, like we all do, um, but because it explains how we got to the RRP method and highlights a few issues along the way that you will have to watch out for as an athlete training your mindset. So my interest in mindset, well, I, I think this is this is why I'm a good mindset coach. I've always been interested in, in why we do the things we do, but it heightened when I was in training for the Royal Marines. Royal Marines are a an elite arm of the British Armed Forces, and I don't want to make myself out to be a, a war hero. Um, in fact, compared to almost everyone else in the Royal Marines, I'd say that I've done nothing. Um, I did some training that was very difficult, um, but I was far from the, the hero that some of these guys are. But I was going through this training physically, mentally taxing to the limits. My interesting mindset started because we all know that when we're working out our mind gives up before our body like david goggins like not a particularly massive fan of his approach to mindset mentality like he he sums this up perfectly though that when we think we're 100 percent done we're only about 40 percent of the way there we know intuitively that our mind gives up because it's a protective mechanism it's um it your mind does not want you to break your bones like training like this is a good thing that we have that limit there but it does hold you back a little too soon. Um, so 
what we need to do is encourage us to go on. And this is where my interest in mindset really started to settle in. And I think it's where your interest in mindset probably started to to kind of embed itself. And it's where the the problems show up, which is I'm trying to do something physically. I'm trying to push harder. I'm trying to win this workout. In my case, I was trying to um, earn a green berry, which I can actually see down below me. Um, and this is something that we we want to achieve, but we find our mind gets in the way. So we find that negative self-talk stops us. We find that we get overwhelmed thinking about the magnitude of the workout. And like I said, this is this is this is where I started. And everything for me was like all about how can I suffer better? How can I be tougher? How can I have more grit, determination? How can I force my way? How can I train my willpower? And like, so this very masculine side of, of working out, which so many athletes um, have to develop and it's really important. It's just limited. It's an important part to develop. And it's also combined with very tactical, practical tools like chunking workouts. So um, I did a, a the, fi- well, the final commando test is what's called the 30 miler, very descriptive name. You run 30 miles with a load over um, some pretty rough terrain have to do it in a set time, eight hours, or I think seven hours if you're an officer. I wasn't, um, but eight hours, um, you do it as a troop and after yeah, a lot of training um, and breaking down to that point. So you're in a pretty rubbish state by the time you get to that point. And this 30 miler, it seems incredibly daunting at the time. At the, at the time, I think the furthest that I'd run was with load, especially it's like 12 miles. Um, yeah, some, something like that. I had no, no idea if I could do it. And like I, my hips were chafed horrendously i'd already um i'd already failed uh, one of the commander tests that i was going to have that i had to retake so i was drained um i was worried my heart palpitations were going to start up and really kick me off this course that <laughs> and honestly in all honesty if i'd been honest in my application i shouldn't have been there um but i i was trying to overcome this challenge and it seemed daunting and what I had to learn to do and what I'd learned to do up until that point, and probably the reason why I managed to get myself through, despite it being very difficult, is yes, there was meaning associated for it. I had a deeper why, all that kind of stuff. Like there had something that I was trying to prove to myself in the outside world, which again isn't the best driver of success, but I had it there. This tool that I used very to great success, and I've used it carrying on in my work life, I've used it, carrying on um, even relationships and conversations and um, training my dog and all these kind of things that is useful. And then every workout ever since was chunking. We learned to chunk workouts into, instead of thinking about the whole workout, the the whole 30 miles, I started thinking about just one mile at a time, just one mile. I'm going to do this one mile. I'm going to do 10 more minutes and chunk this down. I'm going to get to that um i know i'm going to get to that tree or that wood block in the distance i'm going to go and get to that shrub i'm going to get to that high point over there and just keep on taking one step after the other until i can just achieve a more attainable goal and when we use this um what's termed a spotlight consciousness when we narrow our um, awareness to achieving one specific goal we can do that but when we're overwhelmed by a massive goal when we're overwhelmed by something challenging that limits us so this is why chunking works the downside of just focusing on this performance aspect on how can i suffer better and how can i perform my peak in workouts well i'll tell you where i ended up and see whether you resonate with it i was miserable 
I was burnt out. I was stressed. I was constantly overwhelmed. Um, I was my my self doubt was crushing. I didn't believe that I wanted to be that the imposter syndrome that I had was unreal. Um, that created so many limitations in the self and really this chunking and these performance-based tactics, they were just coping mechanisms to deal with that because that was the biggest limitation. Um, and really, I just didn't, didn't feel good enough. Like It was like constantly scared of being judged. And what I'm saying here is we can have all the performance tactics in the world, but eventually we're going to run up against a deeper limit, a truer limit, one that's um, one that's deeper embedded in our subconscious mind, our unconscious mind, and some a story that limits us. And we're always going to butt up against that in, unless we address the story. And I didn't know that until then, or until much later in my life. And really, this lack of this lack of attention to my own mindset at a deep level, at a, a true level, at an emotional and story-based level, that lack of attention there, what it did is made me eventually leave the Marines, something I really, like, to some degree I regret it to this day, but over the, the immediate years after, I massively regretted it. It was a, a big mistake in my life and something that I think if I was going to live again, I'd probably change up if I could still get to this same point somehow. Um but it's um it unless we address the deeper issues unless we address the the story behind this unless we address the regulation behind this as well what's going to happen is we're just going to hit our limit over and over and over and over again no matter how many visualization techniques we use no matter how good we are at focusing the subconscious mind is so much more powerful and then I found this out really because I was trying to set up the CrossFit gym, um, CrossFit Palestra, it was called. Took out a massive loan that I definitely couldn't afford to repay. Um, started doing boot camps, like it was getting very popular, um, but I was really struggling. And this is about the same time I was coming towards the end of the Marines as well. So my self-worth was very low because um, I was quitting on something that I truly wanted to believe and I felt kind of helpless in there. Um, and... I was going through these real struggles in so many ways. I was living in a, in a flat share that wasn't exactly healthy. Um, all these kind of things started getting in the way. So I was trying to set up this gym and I just happened to start a podcast at the same time, which was focused really on the mindset or the, the men share is called the alpha movement, which was um, very macho masculine branding. But eventually I interviewed this couple, Brian Grasso and Carrie Campbell. Brian was a sports psychologist with a very kind of Taoist um, spiritual lens. And Carrie, his wife, um, was a licensed counselor, is a licensed counselor. And they really blew me away in a podcast. They blew me away in this podcast that I was interviewing them on because they really touched my heart and they seemed to see me for who I was, which um, with compassion, they saw me as the scared boy that I was, I think. And they, really tried to help me and eventually through a deep yearning to solve the issue inside me but also to help others i embarked on their coaching to become a mindset coach and this introduced me to real mindset training because like i said i was just using these performance-based tactics i was trying to push harder in workouts i was developing things that are actually really useful tools like the arch so a way of framing workouts and selecting the right self-talk to serve the environment you're in i was running up against my limiting belief 
which at the time was, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. That's all I saw the world through. That's my lens. And Brian and Carrie, they introduced me to what I would frame as narrative-based work or story-based work. This is where we believe something and we make it out to be true. And I discovered all sorts of stories and I saw everyone else's stories all of a sudden. I was like, I get this. I really get this. And over the next few years, I, I hit so much depth in this and I became a, a much better version of myself, eventually led to setting up Mindset Rex. I coached so many athletes through just this lens and then a bit of the kind of the performance aspect as well. And it got incredible results, but there's always something missing. Like until two years ago, um, I was like, they're getting great results, but it does, it feels like there's something missing. There feels like a subsection of people that I can't help and I'm struggling to get through to. Um, it's like they can't listen. It's like they, they're so wrapped up in their story that the whole body is embodied by it. And I was so right, essentially. Um, because I started playing around with breath work. And I started playing around with cold exposure. And I started changing the physical state of my body intentionally and realized that my state of consciousness changed as well. My mindset changed in those moments. My thoughts would change. My emotions would change. In the um, in the, the hours afterwards, my mood would elevate after I'd do certain things or it'd calm me down or it'd heighten my like, anxiety sometimes if I did certain things. And I was like, oh, this is the nervous system regulation piece. Like sleep, um, sleep is a huge one. And then I also started playing up with um, or playing around with uh, with like my caffeine intake levels because frankly, I drink so much caffeine, I get pretty fucked up in day to day existence. Like I drink too much and it ruined me, and it really fed into the anxiety that I was feeling and the stress. So, inadvertently, I stumbled across across three pillars of mindset: performance regulation and rewiring the story so we call that regulate rewire perform i started looking for a hierarchy like what comes first is it your thoughts are the most important is the story you believe the most important is the regulation of your nervous system the most important is it most important to start actually doing the thing you love and excelling there and what i found was that they, they are like i said three legs of the stool if you just train one or two Stool's going to fall over still. It's, they feed off each other. There's essentially a real priority here um, or a truthful realization that we have to make. The, the mind and the body, like I spoke about in our last podcast, are not separate. There is the mind body. There is the body mind. There is this connection between our physical body and the way our, we feel, like if, if you've ever felt nervous for example you'll know that it can show up like butterflies in your tummy um like that kind of experience there's a there's a connection between our physical state and our emotional state and we have to learn to see that all three influence each other the performance aspect influences the story that we have and the regulation piece the regulate like the state of our nerve system it um, influences our performance obviously and this the strength of our emotions and how we feel them and then the rewiring piece the story you believe it influences the way we perform of course because if i believe i'm not good enough i'm not going to give my all and also influences the the state of our nervous system if i think over and over again i'm not good enough i'm not good enough i'm not good enough and that becomes a belief my nervous system will adapt to that as well so yogis have known this for years yogis have like 
this is why the, I think it's actually the Eastern kind of philosophy slash religion as, as a whole and a kind of a geographical, I don't know, melting pot of ideas here. This truth has been known, but in Western medicine, the approach is trying to compartmentalize stuff. So we look at psychology, if you want to refer it to it as psychology, as orthopedics, like it's like it's trying to fix a broke a broken owner, or it's trying to mend um, a sprained ankle, or like something like that. And we we make the mistake, I think, in in terms of training our own mindset that we can just extract one story neatly and it's not going to have this wider ramification on the rest of us. So the human condition is just this infinitely complex thing though. It's our, like I said, our thoughts and emotions are affecting our physical state and vice versa. It's this two way conversation. Like you think about everything that's made you, you, yes, there's the genetic part. We can't get away from that. And it's absolutely true, but there's also the epigenetic part which says that depending on the environment that I put you in, your genes will express themselves in different strengths. It's like the volume dial we can turn up and down. Um, your environment of a, as a child hugely affects this. Your parents' history, their parents' history, their parents' history, that all affects the mentality that you have. The way you choose to mimic other people and other people that you admire. And we have the four E's of influence, like evolution, environment, education, and experience. Like those four things will influence you. And then like we have our, our physical element too, like our nervous system regulation, which is like our trained condition. Like how well trained are you? Are you nasal breathing? Are you mouth breathing? Are you like physically is your body stressed? Do you have fear locked away inside you? Do you have trauma locked away inside you? Whether that's one big traumatic event or a series of small traumatic events, like not being recognized or loved as a child. This all influences your mentality. This all influences who you are. So to try and say, try this visualization technique, it's going to improve your snatch, is missing the boat completely. Because it may help a little bit. But the main problem is in this three-part methodology. Your regulation of your nerve system, the rewiring of your stories, and the performance aspect too. So what have we learned? Thoughts have a physiological root. The thoughts you experience, they influence your physical being. Like if you're stressed and nervous, you're not going to hit your one rep max snatch as well as you could if you're perfectly in a tune with your nervous system. Physical and sensations too have a mental emotional signature. If I punch you in the stomach, that pain creates stress in your emotions. Like that, We know that. So you can't separate the body and mind. They're two-way conversation they're part of this system and this is very different from the following ways of thinking that have influenced our mentality and influenced our approach to training mindset and athletes first one is complete determinism you're an animal everything's predictable you're a system of systems you can't change what you do there's like consciousness is just along for the ride um, you just got to grit your teeth and get on with it and then there's the other side of it, which you just have to will your way to success. Just use willpower. Just push yourself. That's all you got to do. And what we have here is a more nuanced way of approaching this. Like, yes, both of those pieces are right. Like, but they're right as well as a bunch of other stuff. So mindset is complex is what we we say. Now, I've already said that this is a, a stool, a three-legged stool, but it's a slightly 
uneven stool at that. It's become clear to me over time that performance is nice to get quick wins. So training our ability to visualize or our mental reset buttons or character skill training is great to get quick wins. It moves us along quickly. But there's something deeper always that can limit us, which is the regulation and rewire. So when we work with athletes, this is always where we begin regulation of the nerve system rewiring because they can massively affect the performance. Whereas performance is like, it's a weak community. It doesn't talk much about how it's feeling to the rest of the body um, or the rest of the mind body. So we have to start these kind of what's our biggest opportunity, basically was the regulation and the rewiring. So regulation, this means training your nervous system to be in the right state. As a big overview and a very simple uh, simple view of this, we have two states our nervous system can be in, a sympathetic state and a parasympathetic state. We can think about this, again, this is a very simplistic way of viewing it, but I think it's a nice as an overview for this. We can think of your sympathetic state as the gas or accelerator in your car. This makes you do things, it makes you push. Stress, anxiety, they, they live on this side of the um, the occasion and when we want to work hard and when we want to um, achieve aggressively and we have to sprint our sympathetic nervous system will kick in when we have too much caffeine our sympathetic nervous system will kick in it's accompanied by a whole host of physical situations like the release of cortisol then we have our parasympathetic too parasympathetic is really our, our break or our slow down rest recovery system and this is the state again of your nervous system if we are running overly sympathetic though we're going to feel stressed we're going to feel anxious we're going to feel fear we're going to feel like the physiological effects of this like um, shooting sensations of adrenaline through or electricity kind of buzzy sensations through our hands and if we're feeling parasympathetic or our parasympathetic is, is overly dominant, we feel depressed, we have sleep problems, um, like this general kind of malaise in our life. And what's a funny situation is sometimes when we, we delve too much in the parasympathetic, it triggers almost like the sympathetic response, like the foot gets left hard on the gas and like it, it, we poorly regulate our, our energetic state. Like we turn off workouts and we don't feel like pushing our full limits. Um, we try and rest and recover, but all we can do is keep our mind active on Instagram or TikTok and we're just scrolling. As we spoke about in, in the last episode, we have the vagus nerve in the center of, you, like center of your body. It's the main connector between your brain and your gut. And really what we're trying to do is enable what's called vagal tone in your body it's like this connection between your brain which is i think um well according to some parts of our of our, our thinking the brain is probably the main center of consciousness or there's thoughts that it's actually in the gut and the heart too um but this this nerve and the, the tone of this nerve so the um excitement that that nerve feels um and by excitement i mean the kind of electrical stimulation that that nerve feels that is an indicator of how we're trained your parasympathetic nerve system is. And what we're trying to do here is to train that so that you can put the, the brakes on appropriately and you can slow down. And that gives you enough energy or it gives you the, the ability to turn up 
that nervous system regulation piece, turn up that sympathetic response when you need to push hard. So we need to essentially feel the appropriate energy for the task that we're trying to complete uh, to accomplish. Tools you can use to do this, sleep hygiene, breath work, cold exposure, yoga nidra, a bunch more. So this is the regulation piece. This is the first step really of, of training your mindset. And it's, it's, it goes alongside rewiring. Rewiring, essentially what it is, is changing the story that you believe. Because if you believe something, you will act it out. And this these beliefs are essentially our truths that we hold in a subconscious way. If you've ever wondered how you surprise yourself or why you surprise yourself, why you do things that disappoint you or excite you or surprise you or shock you in any kind of way, it's because we hold our truths subconsciously. We're aware, obviously consciously, in our mind. We are aware, we can think clearly, um, but really, and this is kind of like a, a rational, logical approach, but the vast majority of our mental and kind of the, the vast majority of what we're doing is subconscious. There, like, there's a bunch of fMRI studies which show a whole bunch of things and the, the data is mixed, but what they're trying to test in the studies that I'm talking about is how much your subconscious is in control compared to your conscious mind. We can put a number on this. Like there's some, I think, there's some that say like uh, seven seconds before your conscious mind is aware, your subconscious mind is, is aware. Some kind of studies, well, they, they all change. You don't need to worry about it too much. But what you do need to know, the important thing to take away from this, is that your subconscious mind determines a whole bunch of what you do. And your subconscious mind is operating the story that it believes about you. And this story becomes your truth. It's what you live by. And unless you change that, you'll always live by that story. So some common examples that are kind of beliefs that people live by. CrossFit is shit, okay? CrossFit is the worst training methodology ever. It's dangerous and you can kind of predict everything that everyone's going to do because of this belief system. Or CrossFit is great. Again, like not taking sides of the fence here. Like when someone believes that CrossFit is great, you can predict a whole bunch of things that they're going to be doing. You can predict their reactions to things. Um, they embody this and it becomes the way they train, the way they think, the way they feel. It determines their emotions, their um, their thought patterns, um, their self-worth in many occasions. But of course, it's not just related to CrossFit. To take a controversial topic here, um, like if we take the Christian or Islamic or Hindu worldview, those are all viewed as a belief system, as is, I might add, the atheist viewpoint. This is a kind of a belief system that I that we share and that some of us believe is true, and it determines how we act in the world. It determines who we are. Vaccinations versus anti-vaxxers, like all these stories, they're a belief system that we pick up. The most important thing is though, we think that a lot of these stories are something we've rationally thought about, that we've logically thought about, but we're forgetting that the root of these stories is often things that we've just happened to pick up that we just grew up around or we had a traumatic experience around when we we're younger or we've got so frustrated around our certain results that we picked up the story and then that becomes a reality these beliefs are not all bad though 
because they essentially behave um, behave as a, a shortcut for our actions. What's known as heuristics. So if I believe X, then my action becomes Y. Some of these are going to be very, very useful. Like if I see my stove is red, I'm not going to touch it because I believe that that stove is going to be hot. That's a belief system too. Um, so it becomes a shortcut to not do stupid things. But when these shortcuts are untrue to the outside world they limit us and when we believe things like i'm not good enough i'm struggling um, i'm always going to be an outsider um, i don't deserve to be at this level of competition that becomes our reality that becomes our truth without even thinking about it so we need to learn to question this so the problem arises when these thoughts when these um sorry when these beliefs when they divert from actual truth You'll notice these when you feel kind of emotional triggers. Like you'll notice your, or you'll know your story is out of alignment with truth when you notice mental emotional spikes in salience. So if you're struggling with your motivation, if you're self sabotaging, if you are experiencing negative self talk, if your emotions are all over the place and they're derailing your progress, if your fear is running the show, if all you hear in your mind is, I'll never be good enough, there's a strong chance that your story that you believe is untruthful, is out of line with who you need to be. So, where did they come from? They come from the four E's, like I spoke about education what you're explicitly told, your environment, what you implicitly pick up, evolution, so your biology, um, and your experience, which is what you learn to be true through trying and failing. And then we can also look at this as well, like we can look at it through a traumatic lens as well, or a trauma-based lens. Some of us have big, obvious traumas that happen to us. To us. Like myself, I can talk about bullying as a kid, um, experience palpitations. That was, I'd say, two pretty traumatic episodes in my life. Like I can think of others that aren't kind of public consumption you may be able to look back at your life and think i have something that is highly traumatic there and this is how it shaped my life and it's obvious but far more common actually not far more common just as common in life are the little t traumas the traumas that are felt as a child when we are unseen unheard unloved undervalued um, when we don't feel like we are listened to. These form traumatic results in our mind-body, our body-mind, just as much as anything else. So let's talk about the process of training these and changing your mindset. How do we drop those stories? How do we stop believing them to be absolutely true? Well, first of all, we have to test, find out what they actually are, figure out what's holding us back. And we have to find the, the story that's there, the mental emotional triggers that are there. We have to find the actions that surround it, the emotions that surround it. All of these kind of things we have to bring to light. We have to get to know it because how can we change anything if we don't know it intimately? Then we have to create a vision of what our life would be like if we didn't have that because it gives you something to aim at in the daily moment. If you're struggling with something, if you've got a limiting belief there, you need to know what the opposite of it is. What's the truthful option? Like, what can you aim at? What's a better version of success for you to look at? Then we have to develop presence so that when we fall into these poor patterns of behavior, we can jump out of them. 
if we're, if we're present enough as opposed to just falling unconsciously into the next action. And then we have to take proof or we have to make proof. And proof comes in two parts. We have to do things that challenge that belief and we have to develop like a positive reinforcement approach to the um, to trading that belief and, and showing you that the old limiting belief is untrue and the new enhancing serving belief is true. How do we do this? How do we start to change our story? Well, we use journaling a lot. It's not the only option because there's conversation, but journaling is a great way to get your thoughts out into paper and to see them for what they are. And also when we are writing out things, it kind of makes things more permanent. There's again, a bunch of studies that show that journaling is a very effective tool to access the subconscious and also change beliefs. I'm not going to go into them here, but that's what you need to know essentially that writing things down is better than just kind of thinking these things through. First one, observe your inner athlete. Like this is a, like I'll go into these at some point during the podcast. Now it's not the right time, but essentially getting your thoughts out onto paper, direction reviews, setting where you want to go, looking at the type of person you want to be, using that AMWAP, so as many wins as possible, generating positivity. We've got like forms of visualization on a, on a macro level. We've even got like physical, like typically thought of as regulation um, opportunities like yoga nidra, um, things that enhance or put our brainwave state into a slightly more malleable state. And then we've got things like just taking action. A bit of willpower here does actually help. Like it shouldn't be completely dismissed. <clears throat> so those are some tools. And so far we have the two most fundamental pieces of the RRP method, regulation of the nervous system and rewiring. When you've started to do that effectively, you'll notice changes in your mindset. You'll notice things start to feel different. And then we want to put it into put it into action when it actually counts. Maybe this is in your training and competition. Maybe it's just general training sessions. Maybe it's um, trying to improve your mobility routine. Maybe it's work-related, having conversations better. Maybe it's being more productive. So the first thing to note is this is a very individual process. What works for one person may not work for someone else. And there's so many tools here that it's very intuitive what you use and it's very kind of feel-based. Like with some people are going to respond to a lot of structure here and a lot of like discipline, a lot of force. And some people are a bit more, a bit more fluid. Um, did a podcast previously where we talked about some people move the piano, are there to be structured, they have to be there on time. Some people play the piano, they turn up late, they turn up um, and kind of, and openly, like kind of, they're a bit more virtuous, virtuosic. They're, they're more virtuous, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I can't remember the name of the guy who, that we shared this with, that shocking behavior, pressure. Um, but yeah, he, um, he spoke about this on our podcast before, but the point that we're trying to get to that we're very individual in our application of this. The purpose of this, though, the purpose, the, the guiding principle is to find the freedom to perform. We perform our best when we're not forcing. We perform our best when we open ourselves up to that performance and we're authentic and genuine and living truthfully to ourselves. We fail to find our best performance when we're forcing 
when we're too stressed, when we're too rigorous, when we're trying to hold on, when trying to control too much, that always leads to poor performance. We want to find the freedom to perform, to dance on the border of chaos in order to have like enough of a balance in the known, so structure and routine, but enough of excitement to go and push and to go beyond perfection, to um, to truly do something new and individual and try and find that place of effortless effort. If you've done the first two pieces, you've the brakes are off in this point and you can just find the techniques that put you into this area. If you're in basically, if, you, if the other two places are absolutely perfect, this just happens, but you're never going to get absolutely perfect. So you'll have to do some things to push you into this area. There's some key variables that you can minimize here. And one of them is the amount of unknown that you have. So the more unknown is, that is there, the more your mind is trying to process new things, is trying to um, understand the environment that you're in. And one thing we can do here to minimize this is simply visualize the event that you're going through. If you know the events in advance, get outside there and, and visualize it. Um, if you if if you like know the environment, if you know the the uh, wherever the event is being held, or if you know wherever the um, competition is being held, if you know what that looks like and feels like to be there, visualize yourself being there and feeling confident and structured. Like if you can rehearse events, go and do that. If, you, if there's any way you can reduce the, the number of unknowns, do that and that will help you to perform. And also what we want to tr try and do, it's a, it's a challenging thing to do, but where we can get to is drop the number of expectations whilst holding our standards high. As soon as we expect to perform in a certain way, chances are you're not going to perform in that way. As soon as you expect to work out to go a certain way, things will change. So give yourself effort-based objectives. That's, a, again, a whole topic for another day and it would create a massively long podcast, but give yourself effort-based objectives because when we focus on the outcome, we suffer. And also give yourself worst and best case scenarios. Give yourself something to focus on in the worst case and the best case, like what are you going to do in case of um, SOPs, standard operating procedures, in case of X, do Y. We have to develop a competition prep process. That's absolutely critical to performance how are we building up to this putting yourself in the in the best place and honestly a lot of this can just be placebo but it's feeling like we are in the right place that makes a huge benefit for people and then when we're in training as well we can work on practicing on training on the character skills that we want to display in our workouts so that's the perform piece and it's the final piece in the RRP method. So regulate, rewire, and perform. In a few weeks, and you're going to have to get onto Instagram for this because I can't remember the exact date off, of, off the top of my head, we're going to be hosting a webinar where we truly dive into this, where we give you the real insights in how to apply this to your life. And we're going to explain a bunch of techniques and give you even more detail on this. And it's also alongside special guest, Khan Porter. Um, I can't remember how, how many times Khan's been at the CrossFit Games, but he is also a mental health, I'd say advocate, leader, thought leader in this area. And he is going to be joining us to give his insights into the RRP method and how you can use it to apply it to your life and your training too. So it's going to be a small charge to it. I think it's going to be like um, 40 pounds, $50, something like that. Um, so it, it's definitely going to be worth coming to. But 
I can't remember everything off the top of my head. Um, you're going to have to find a way to to get more information, which the only way to do that is to head to Instagram and find us, which is MindsetRx and MindsetRxD, Roma X-Ray Delta. And yeah, look for some more information, wait for the post and you'll get your information there. Anyway, foundation of creating change is your body mind is interlinked like we have to realize that these three par- parts of our performance the rewiring of our nervous uh, sorry rewiring of the story that we have the regulation of our nervous system the performance aspect they're all inexplicably linked they're, they're perfectly reliant on each other and we have to train all three at once and that's how we create growth as an athlete anyway team Make sure you follow us on Instagram, MindsetRx, for more information. Um, I'm going to put out bite-sized pieces of these podcasts. I'm going to go into more depth into more podcasts. And next week, we actually are going to be doing a case study. So I'll see you soon. Um, and if you've got any questions about mindset, any topic ideas, reach out to me on uh, on our Instagram, again, MindsetRx, or maybe my personal Instagram too, Tom Foxley, um, Tom, F-O-X-L-E-Y. Speak to you soon, team, and enjoy training this week. Mm-hmm.